0: <laughs>
1: Wednesday boys and girls and welcome into what is the first victory of No Other Pod in quite a few weeks. Looking forward to it. I'm Jimmy and along with me as always is
2: my good buddy Dan. Dan, what's up? Yo, Jimmy, J-Mac, Mac Daddy. It's go time, dude. This is this going to get fun. Are you ready? Are you even ready for this? Do you even understand what happened last week and what happened this week? shit's going down dude I know
1: man and you know what I was just happy enough to talk about a uh, a Sporting KC victory after what's been going on the last few Yeah that's weeks. big time Yeah man and uh but what I didn't expect was that um you know obviously it's Wednesday for you guys but we're recording this on Monday and uh we had a pretty big news drop right before this came on uh right before this recording and uh I'm
2: pumped too man
1: Yeah, we're going to get into all of it, Um, but before we do, I think you have some uh, ratings and reviews to tell us about, if I believe so.
2: Yep, yep. I had one come in from Soli KC, and I got to blame our win. I got to give all the credit for our win for this review right here, because it says, at least we have this, a bright spot each week, despite this terrible stretch of play. Well, you know what? Shit just got a whole lot brighter, Mr. or Mrs. Soley KC, because uh, we're not terrible anymore. We're winning the whole thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? I uh, I certainly hope so. Um, I'm feeling pretty good after the way things uh, turned out on Saturday. Um, the game got a little oh, crazy. Yeah. we're going to unzip that. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to unzip that. Um but but I think things are oh, back on track, dude. You so, know what else we got? Hey, what's we that?
2: got a we got a two star rating with no review, dude. Zero review. Wait, what does that mean? Uh, a two star review with it's two star. I'm like, come on. How can we better? How can we better serve you? You know what I mean? What? Why is it a two star? You just uh, you just came on by. You hit two stars and you you bounced. If it's two stars, surely you're not a repeat listener, so they can't even hear me talking to them because I would never listen to something that I put two stars on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't either. So I'm confused. But, you know, um, yeah, some people are confused, but hopefully it was an accident and they uh, meant to uh, – That's
2: probably it.
1: Yeah, I think they probably meant to hit five stars. Um, but if you do leave a two-star review, we're not going to be upset. No, dude. Just, just tell if us why. If you flip
2: the two – on its head, it is a five. So may, they had their phone upside down. And, and I get it. You know what? Just go back in and correct it. Bring it back to five stars. That makes sense. Uh, if, unless it really was a two star, then you're probably not hearing any of this. So, you know, fuck me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, well, uh, that's what I'm going to choose to believe. I'm going to choose to believe it was an upside down five and someone accidentally, uh, there you go. Uh, yeah. So, um, that's how I'm gonna to choose to believe it. But it's better than one. And um You know what? You're right. It's uh like we did math segment hey. last week. Um there we go. two is uh not as good as three, but it's a little bit better than one. You win so, you win
2: some, you lose some.
1: <laughs> that's right. It's uh it's right in the middle. So um I think that's enough of math for this <laughs> week. But anyway, keep telling your friends about the podcast. Keep asking them to review and uh, and rate us. That's what keeps it going. And uh, we're very appreciative for it. So thank you, guys, and uh, keep up the good work.
2: Yeah, there were a couple of fives too, though, last week. I, of course, I'm just going to focus on the negative because I'm a negative piece of junk. But there were a couple of fives as well uh, without reviews. So thank you guys who did that. And those who have not, what are you waiting for? Do it.
1: Get on it and uh something else to get on, is, on uh, it <laughs> something else to get on is uh on the volley com. uh use that discount code that we got you three separate words no other pod uh get on there you get 15 percent off and it's a pretty sweet deal if you haven't bought anything a hat a jersey a sweatshirt uh you will not there regret it yes sir it's uh there's some good stuff, lots of good things on there. And uh, speaking of good things, we had a, a Sporting KC victory on the road against Houston. So, uh, Dan, I want to ask you, when uh, when you first saw this lineup come out, what was going through your mind? Um, I think you already know what was going through my mind because uh, <laughs> I texted you and told you exactly what it was.
2: Yep. I said, whoa, look at this lineup. And you said, we're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, probably, probably. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, we found our number nine, though, in Johan Krause. You know what? I uh, I was hoping. Um, you
1: know, I, I, I couldn't watch the game live. I had to, to watch it later. Um, so I turned my phone on airplane mode. What? Uh, yeah, I had to go offline because I have this thing where I can't watch a sporting game if I know the score. Oh, no um you were off the grid yeah i was off the grid um but no i just i can't watch a sporting event if i know what the score is gonna be did i
2: text you though i texted you and you texted back were you already done with dinner um you know i turned
1: on airplane mode right about as the game was getting ready for kickoff gotcha and then I left it on airplane mode for about four and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got home, I watched the game, and I finished at about eleven forty-five Central Time. So then I turned my phone off airplane mode, and I texted you because I saw you asked if I was going to watch it. So I replied, even though I knew you were probably long asleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I honestly I was worried kind of this whole time. You know, I, I wanted to know how Johan was going to do. And as I started watching, I was genuinely hoping that, hey, maybe Johan can be this number nine that we've been hoping for because yep. we haven't really figured out how to use him. Um, we That did know, not happen. No, uh, it didn't happen. Um, but, you know, who looked good was uh, young Mr. Gianluca Buzio. So uh, what would you think of him?
2: He did. Yes, dude, he... He looks like he belongs out there. And I think thousands of sporting fans, all of us, I think we we love this kid and he has a bright future and we're just going to end up selling him. Like I th- that's what's going to happen. I mean, that's what that's what these teams are for. You develop the players and you you sell them off and make money and buy more players and it's it's sad. So we really need to just enjoy it while we can.
1: Absolutely. Um, enjoy Buzio, enjoy Lindsay, enjoy Malaysian Messi, uh little cubes. Shallowy uh, shallowy, yeah. Um Who's
2: been quiet for a while?
1: Yeah, he's he's only twenty two. Um I forget that. He started off really hot. Um he kind of cooled off, if you will, as uh, SKC sort of entered their slump. Um you know, he's not been bad. He just was uh sort of a little bit um overshadowed by defensive errors and the lull um but you know as far as the game goes right off the bat I thought the game looked chippy and end-to-end um and you know it, it really only took about 14 minutes before Alejandro uh Fuenmayor um got a straight red card that I thought was a you know, a pretty vicious hit on Buzio. Uh, some people kind of went back and forth thinking, you know, is this a red or is this a yellow? I don't know. Um, but did you think it was a straight red or or what did you think?
2: Well, let's break that down now. You watch that in full speed. Boom, straight red, dude. Got him like right in the back. It, it looks targeted. It looks like a bad hit in, in American football. Like a safety putting his helmet into some dude's helmet. Like that's illegal. Um, but then you watch it back in slow motion and you, you kind of see him trying to bail out. Like he's not trying to hit him and it, he kind of turns and it hits him. And I don't really know, man. I don't really know how I feel about it because I could really see it going either way. Like, but he, he didn't play the ball. So I mean, straight red, right? Yeah. So
1: for me, when I watched it in, uh, in full speed, I actually literally got up off my couch and was like yelling a red card at my tv <laughs> like <laughs> and
2: you're watching he, the recording. Hit him so
1: hard i was like that has to be a red card so it was like 11 o'clock at night and i was in my basement by myself with no one else around and uh i was like red card red card red card um but you know watching the replay it doesn't look intentional i can see that you know it wasn't as bad as maybe I initially thought, but, you know, intent doesn't dictate whether it's a red or not. Um, what I see is Fuenmayer jumping pretty long after he probably should have if he wanted to to get the ball with his head. Um, you know, Buzio already had his head to the ball and Fuenmayer was still two yards away. Um, he kind of led with his left knee, which he pulled at the last second, um, but even if he tried to turn, I thought his left elbow and left shoulder smacked Buzio in the back of the head. And you know what? Contact to the head and the face. That's a red card. Um well, there so, you go. Yeah. I thought it was red. I kinda look at it as if roles were reversed and I was you know, it was a sporting player sent off, would I be mad? And honestly, I Yeah I don't know if people would believe me, but I honestly think I'd be okay with it because um I think it was kind of a dumb challenge. So um, I don't know.
2: That's true. I, yeah, and I was okay with it. The, I also was like, "Ah, oh man, like you never want to... I don't know. I don't like playing 10 on 11 because they pack it in defensively and they become a little more difficult to break down. Everyone knows this. And that's kind of exactly what happened. I mean, we, we weren't getting things done. And dude, I got to tell you this. We should have lost that game. If Albert Elise was... Anywhere as close to what we know how good he is, then we, we lose that game. <laughs> yeah, if he, well, I mean, he, he would have scored like three goals. The dude had bad touches, bad dribbling. Like he just looked uncomfortable in this game. Probably one of the worst games he's ever had. Yeah. But if, if, he, if he's on his game, we lose that game to Elise. Not to Houston. Elise wins that game because he was in some dangerous positions.
1: Yeah. You know, Houston definitely had their spots where they looked threatening. Um, to be honest, even after, you know, the, the three red cards, which, you know, we'll get into later what this game sort of devolved into. (laughs) Um, but even after it was 11 versus eight, um, I was watching and worried that somehow, you know, we were going to give up a late goal and, and blow this lead. It was Um, coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was really nervous. Um, it didn't happen, so uh, that's good. But, you know, I think you're right that, you know, Albert Elise did not have his best game, you know, physically or mentally. Um, he got his yellow for descent after the Thuemear red, which came into a uh, pretty big play later because, you know, he got that second yellow, which we're not really sure what it's for. Was it throwing the ball at Tim Melia? Was it shoulder-checking Felipe? Um, <laughs> was it time-wasting when he ran Dude, he down? Also-
2: well, he put yeah. his hands on Tim.
1: Yeah, you know he. <laughs> that's true. He probably could have gotten three or four yellows just in that sequence. Um, yeah. You know, when he threw the ball at Tim, I was like, "He's a can't little hot <laughs> Yeah. Um. You know, thankfully he threw the ball at Tim's feet and
2: not at his right? head. Right. Um. You know, I I I don't know. Uh, Tim turns I, around and is like, <laughs> "Tim's like, what the pants? What what was that?" <laughs> Who's throwing things at me? Um, yeah, you know, he's like, but, gee willikers.
1: <laughs> you know, that probably honestly is what Tim would say. Um, because, classic Tim. Yeah, he's like uh, the nicest, most buttoned-up guy on the entire team. Um, yeah, but he's
2: got some New York in him too, right? He's from, like, Long Island. He's probably like, yo, fuck you, you throwing the ball at me? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um,
1: Elise is faster, but I think if Tim gets him and, and could catch him, you know – I think Tim has the ground and pound game to to take oh, him da- down.
2: Wow, we're, we're in like UFC mode now. This is insane.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've uh, we've now pivoted to a UFC pod. Um no, but uh yeah. Uh Elise was definitely off his game. I think uh you know, that's a that's a really good point. He did not have a uh, a very good game at all for the Dynamo. He's a scary player. He is. Um, you know, he's the one on their team that Whenever he touched the ball, I was scared because, you know, I was dead set convinced he was going to score at some point, but he didn't.
2: Yeah, but uh, Seth, got, Seth got his revenge from last game, dude. Seth played pretty decent defense on him for the most part. He did. Um, I mean, look, Albert
1: Elise is going to outpace just about every fullback in MLS. Um, yeah. But, but all things considered, I think the back line did fairly well. Um, you know, credit to them. They earned, they earned a clean sheet. Um, so, so there's that. That's that's
2: good news moving forward.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, Houston only got four shots on target, nine shots in general. Um, a lot of those were blocked at the point of uh, the shot Their Their passing was not good. Um, 77% overall, 61% in the attacking half and final third. So, uh, you know, um, credit to the defense um credit to ilia ilia had a pretty good game i don't know did you notice him out there running around and making game saving tackles Dude,
2: he's kind of that utility player i mean he's making the stops and then he's out there taking shots on goal and that's that's weird for me i don't know I mean, he's kind of everything yeah. yeah on the baseball field it's like oh you need me to play second base today you got it oh i'm out in right field today okay sounds good yeah, you know, his
1: his evolution over the past um year and a half has been really interesting. Um he's arguably the most important player for for SKC at this point. Yeah, um, and that
2: spot's always been important for KC.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when Yuri Rosell was here, uh Sporting KC won MLS Cup obviously, and That's right. he was he was the one pulling the strings from the defensive midfield role. Um SKC had a little bit of a hard time replacing him when he left. Um Sonny Mustavar was fine, but Ilier is much closer to what Yuri Razell was for that twenty thirteen team. So I like the way I think it was Matt Lawrence who on the broadcast described Ilier when he said that, you know, Ilier is kinda like the fulcrum that makes things happen yeah. for SKC,
2: both uh, in the defensive and offensive thirds. He's the link, man. It's, that spot is very uh, what am I going to say it's very, it's I don't want to say underappreciated but it, to like the casual soccer fan they're not going to notice that position on the field you're just not
1: well you're right because you know that's not a position that is generally out there scoring goals um unless Elia is taking penalty kicks um he did seem to get a little bit of a scoring bug maybe in the all-star game he was out there which I guess by the way we got to discuss that game um <laughs> It uh it's happened since our last podcast. But no, I mean not only the way he plays, but I think he seems to have really developed into a leader. That's true. Um out there on the field. You know, I don't know if, if you've seen, you know, he seems to kind of be like a calming presence out there on the field, um, just really sort of taking the reins and, and helping sort of be a captain on the field, even though he's not a captain. Um, you know, even with Tim Melia, when things are going a little haywire. Um, he kind of looked back at Tim and was like, hey, let's slow down. Everything's going to be okay. We don't need a rush here and, and really just calm people down.
2: Oh, yeah, dude. He's the cooler, man. If the game is, is Roadhouse, he's, he's Patrick Swayze. I mean, he's, he's chilling you down, chilling you out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he
1: strikes me as the type of guy who would, you know, if for whatever reason Roger or Beazler couldn't captain, I'd have no hesitancy making Ilya the captain. Oh, for um,
2: sure. I think I think Peter would agree with you
1: yeah i I really love what I'm seeing from him. You know. I haven't heard any rumors of him getting looked at from elsewhere um but you know, I hope he stays around Kansas City because you know he seems to really like it and he seems to be really comfortable here.
2: I think he wants to be here too, and which no player is going to say he doesn't want to, but you can kind of see it in their play and their appreciation for their fans and their teammates like you you just know if someone wants to be here, yeah.
1: You know, he seems happy here. And I will say on a side note, um, you know, we both know some people who work for the Victory Project who are down on the field with, like, the honoree or or kids after the game. Um, You know, and usually they get some interaction Mm -hmm. with the players. And she was saying that, you know, some of the players, you know, after, you know, maybe a loss or a draw or if the game just doesn't really go that well, um, sometimes they're just, you know... You know, they talk to the kids, but they're a little terse. Um, she said, "Ilie, every single game, no matter what happens on the field, just you know, is so nice and and lights it up for these kids." Oh yeah. Um, he's just the nicest person, and you know, these kids, he just gives he them the caresses of their, lives. their faces. she did say that sometimes you know he she might warn them that he might give them a kiss on both cheeks um (laughs) she's like don't worry it's just a thing that they do where they're from he might caress Um, your
2: face and tell you you're beautiful
1: (laughs) yeah but you know he just is such a really good guy you know
2: i really oh he's the best tell me you wouldn't want to wake up next to him every morning (laughs) you know i'm um, I'm not even I'm not talking from a romantic standpoint. Like we I'd, I'd bunk up with him and he and wake up and have him stroke my face. Sounds great. <laughs> Give you a couple of kiss on the cheeks. I'll take a couple of kisses. That's the best way to wake up. <laughs> Hello, Daniel. Um, <laughs> Is that how he sounds? That just sounds terrifying. That was like Zorro. <laughs> yeah, you know, he probably sounds a little bit more eloquent and
1: not quite as um creepy, I guess you could say as that. Um That's that's true. Anyway um back to the game at hand um I don't know I guess I just thought it was kind of a an end-to-end game you know and it started off fast but Houston players and Houston fans seemed pissed the entire game they thought they were getting screwed by the refs um I thought that actually you know I know I have a bias here but I thought that Chris Penso didn't do that bad of a job um you know i thought houston was being a bunch of you know you know what's causing problems the whole time yeah um uh,
2: i don't know i thought it was fine too man i think it was uh i think we had to be real careful because he was ba- he was bound to even the game up with seth on a yellow and and a couple other mm-hmm. things going down like seth was bound to get a red card for fouling elise on accident you know what i mean
1: oh yeah i was worried the whole game uh, it was because, coming you know seth he he got his yellow in the 20 second yeah. minute and uh I kept waiting for them to bring uh to bring Jalen on or something to uh <laughs> just, just to avoid that situation. But thankfully it didn't happen. Right. Um but you know, Wilmer Cabrera, the Houston Dynamo coach, um, he was getting into it with the ref Chris Penso a little bit before That's the half. Right. And uh yeah, he uh he got sent off at halftime. We're not really sure what happened. Um, but apparently they got in an argument, and and he got sent off, and it was all downhill for Houston uh, from there, Um, but in the second half, later in the second half, uh, super sub Diego Rubio came on the field, and even though he doesn't like being called super sub, um, all four of his goals have come off the bench this year, Um, but he came on the field, looked pretty good, and then uh, he had a gorgeous play with our uh, little guy 16 year old Gianluca Buzio so when that happened tell me what's going through your mind
2: bro that was I I don't know man to one time it like that is I don't know was it totally did he do it on purpose let's let's talk about that did he do it on purpose or did he just Buzio because there's no way he, yeah I mean yeah all you gotta do is give it a little tap and it's gonna go when you one time things like that it's it just works out and you're like oh yeah, totally meant to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, um, I honestly think he did mean to do it, just because you know if you look at the way he was set up, you know he he trapped the ball with the inside of his right foot. Yeah, I mean he he deflected the ball with the inside of his right foot. He didn't trap it under his foot. Um, you know, and if if you kind of look well, at the replay, it couldn't um, have looked
2: more pretty. That's for darn sure
1: no and and honestly i i do see a little bit of sort of a shoulder check over his left shoulder to uh to check and see if if rubio's there yep um yeah i mean he knew what he was doing i mean i'm watching this right now and you know it's just a gorgeous flick and a gorgeous first touch by 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 diego to uh to sort of chest it down in a perfect place um sort of put it right in front of him and then slots it away in, in the left side net um But I don't know. I mean, this was a pretty beautiful goal from a technical standpoint. Um, It might even be the most beautiful technical goal Sporting KC's had on the season.
2: I don't know. What do you think? It was pretty amazing, and even more amazing for Zusi to to see Busio and to you know to follow through on on his pass. And hell, Zusi started that man. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, and you know, Zusi has been super important for Sporting KC all year um a lot of the attack has gone through Zussi um you know I think he might be a little underrated as far as you know his attacking True. abilities um at least by people outside Kansas City because they kind of look at him as old and past his prime um but by the way I don't know if you saw this this is just a little side tangent thing related to Zussi but um I don't know if you subscribe to the Athletic, but. Paul Tenorio of The Athletic published a piece about MLS free agency, and he used uh, Kansas City as an example. Um, in MLS free agency, it's weird. You have to have played eight years or be 28 yeah. to be a, a free agent. It's um, the worst. Yeah. And and so, you know, Zusi, Espinoza, and Beasler are all set to be free agents this year. Um, and I guess they talked before the season – and we're like, hey, you know, we're all going to be free agents next year. It's it's our last you know year sort of under these current contracts. Um, but in the collective bargaining agreement, there's a, a clause that if you're a player who makes more than the maximum budget charge of I think it's about five hundred and thirty thousand dollars, you're actually restricted as to whether you can be a free agent or not. Because if you if you make more than that, and your current team offers you a, a, a salary of of more than five hundred and thirty thousand dollars, you're not allowed to be a free agent anymore. It takes away your ability. But if you make more than that and your current team does not offer you more than that, you can become a free agent still, but you're not allowed to make more than $530,000 with another team. So it essentially forces you to choose to stay with your current team or take a massive pay cut, which isn't really free agency. I don't know. It's just a very strange way of doing things, I think.
2: It's very strange. And while we all want to hope and believe that Zussi would stay there for life and retire with this club, you just don't know. You never know
1: yeah money and, talks <laughs> yeah um you know Zusi did talk a little bit in this article and he actually said he is trying to negotiate a new contract with sporting kc um he wants to be here but you know he was just saying that this kind of sucks for players because you know you earn the ability to be free agent with your years of service and your age and then for the league to be like yeah never mind you're not allowed to be a free agent because you're good and make money um i don't know it's just kind of weird and you know i guess it's just one of those weird mls quirks um, oh there's a lot of those <laughs> yeah that's true um but anyway yeah you you mentioned Zusi, so that kind of reminded me of it um but it was a gorgeous goal that put us up one zero so now i'm thinking you know can we hold it um, or add to it yeah or add to it you know there were a couple of chances where we could add to it um but you know nothing really came of it and then i think it was in the the fourth minute of stoppage time where things got a little crazy and the game really went off the rails um, oh
2: popped off real nice
1: <laughs> darwin uh Saren, you know not very hard but he did touch uh diego in the face and you know it's in the rule book hands to the face uh that's a red card and then a few minutes later uh, in the same review it was like a four minute review um Albert elise got shown a second yellow or a straight red still not sure um for either he shoulder tech checked felipe or he might have touched someone's face but um he did something
2: and he clapped in the referee's face which if he didn't already have a red card that would have been a red card for clapping <laughs>
1: yeah and you know i think he might hear something from the mls disciplinary committee as far as
2: fines go you think so yeah yeah, I do. The dude was a mess all night. Like, and he was clearly just frustrated because he was a piece of trash. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> right. And you know, granted, in all fairness to Houston, the very, very little that they deserved—like all twelve of them that were there. Oh yeah, the right. very
2: loyal, the loyal twelve fans in attendance.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know they did get done wrong by the ref in the previous game. Um, you know, it was a very new ref and tomas martinez was was shown a red um on what was a very strange play in the box he was just kind of going for the ball accidentally touched his foot to someone else um so they were kind of on edge from that but you know every single thing that happened this game i thought really deserved the card it got so they can get over it
2: i'm just gonna have fun watching them try to try to put together a lineup when they got to go to columbus yeah you know i don't know who
1: they're gonna play um they've got nobody left um, oh,
2: and you didn't even mention their coach got sent off at halftime. We don't know what that was about.
1: Yeah. Wilmer Cabrera got sent off at halftime, even though he, he kind of came back. He was back chirping out all game. Field. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Did you see in the first half he and Penso kind of got up face to face and Penso told him to just shut up? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was very strange. It was um,
2: amazing. Yeah.
1: we We did have some Houston fans pop up in our mentions unsolicited. Um, because oh yeah, yeah. I guess they were pissed, and we had our good buddy Larry come in. Um, Fuck Larry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Larry said, "I'm a Houston Dynamo season ticket holder. I don't know why he's telling us this because we obviously don't care. We don't give Um, a shit, Larry." (laughs) He goes, "I'm a Dynamo season ticket holder, but it's getting to the point where it's not worth paying to watch the blatant bias and unfairness." in the MLS and the pro referees officiating. He goes on that the officiating at our whoa, whoa, last. Whoa. What's up?
2: Is he, this is an Atlanta United fan or a Houston fan?
1: <laughs> yeah. See, that's where it gets confusing because you think gotcha. it's an Atlanta fan, but he's definitely a Houston fan. Um, he's probably been watching a lot mm. of Atlanta games, um, too much probably. Maybe so so. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he Sorry, goes, go on. If, the officiating has been awful at our last three home games. Um, larry i don't really know what you're telling us um unless you're looking for spongebob gifts because uh that's how we responded to him um you know with just tiny violins mr Krabs, and you know then he he responded again to us for some reason because if he didn't get the impression the first time i guess he thought that we still cared what he thought yeah Um, we don't care larry he goes the only way that uh we won is because we got so much help from pro referees and he said it was eight versus 15 real fair yeah, so it was I, weird uh,
2: he had a tenuous he had a tenuous grasp on the english language it seemed yeah so i sent him a crying larry the lobster gift yeah so wait that lobster's name is larry
1: yeah man you gotta catch up on your spongebob um it's larry the lobster i don't know spongebob (laughs) well you know what larry the lobster that's who it was that's why it was funny you know spongebob because spongebob's been around for like 20 years and i have a brother who's 10 years younger than me yeah
2: but aren't you too old for that well
1: Well, yeah he's like 10 years younger than me he was born the year spongebob came out
2: so he watched a lot 10 years younger than wow (laughs) yeah your parents um, just, they, they knew they had to try to get it right because they, <laughs> after you, they were like, oh, we really fucked up with Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. They had my other brother and was like, yeah, well, that
1: didn't work. Let, wait eight years and try again. Let's
2: give it another shot. And then they got Eddie <laughs> and now
1: they're like, well, we'll settle. Yeah. And they said, at that point, well, it's too late now, so I guess we will never get it too
2: right. Too late now. We're stuck with Eddie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, man, Larry the Lobster. That's his name. That's why it's a funny joke, bro
2: no i get it now i didn't you when you sent it to me i was like oh cool a lobster like i <laughs> that, i don't understand yeah. it um spongebob man i'm like good one jimmy
1: <laughs> you know anyway we had a, a bunch of questions from fans that we're going to try to get to as many as possible here um a lot of you want to know about the nameth trade which we're going to get to that in a second but uh don't you worry um anyway here drew vanderplog sort of a perfect transition from our uh insulting of larry he said have salty atlanta fans been replaced by salty houston fans i get that there are much less in houston but what they lack in quantity they make up for in fervor which you know um i think he brings up a good point um there were plenty of salty houston fans like larry that came around in our mentions um maybe not at atlanta levels but it's uh true. you know I think Atlanta still takes the cake there, uh, don't you think?
2: Oh, definitely. Atlanta's mad that they they didn't win the MLS All Star Game, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, as many players as they had in it, it might as well have been Atlanta United versus Juventus. So they're pissed, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're
1: literally throwing beers on the field because they didn't beat Juventus in penalty kicks. So
2: oh yeah, something's going on down there, man. They're they're, well, I mean, they got to get something to cheer about because you know they're not cheering about the Falcons or the Braves or anything or the Hawks, but it's it's soccer's taking over, and those people are nuts,
1: yeah, well, and they're all angry because they think they lost the supporter shield because they had one draw at home in their most recent game. Uh,
2: I hope they do. I hope Red Bulls take it right from them,
1: oh, I do too, um. Speaking of Atlanta, before we get to the the rest of of the questions, um, did you see what Tata Martino said about time-wasting in that match against Toronto? And I don't know. I was just like, what is he talking about? Why in the world would Toronto be time-wasting down a goal? And then, uh, you know, they they finally catch up in stoppage time. But, like, Dude, and
2: time-wasting is, like, I mean, you can do that. That's part of the game. You're allowed to do it. They, you don't think they? No one's ever done that before on Atlanta United, right? And, and they're I mean, good, dude.
1: Yeah. Well, I also saw on Dirty South Soccer they said they thought they were playing quote morally superior soccer.
2: What? Oh yeah, is that why Miguel uh, Miguel Amarone, uh spit on another player? That sounds that sounds morally superior.
1: <laughs> also, it's not very morally superior to go at it with your teammate's girlfriend.
2: I'm just gonna say it. That's not morally superior so Uh, got him (laughs) yeah did you hear that though did you hear almiron spit on a guy you know i did
1: hear it but i didn't see it
2: um yeah and then josie Altador was gonna go choke the shit
1: out that bitch (laughs) (laughs) you know i do know what you're talking about now because i remember i saw an atlanta fan tweet a gif of josie going after miguel almiron but he conveniently left out the part where miguel spit on someone um which, you know, understanding Atlanta fans, it's, uh, it's not surprising that, that he how, did that. So I'm taking Josie there. How
2: very conca of you, Miguel.
1: Um, anyway, Tata, Piece you coached garbage. Barcelona. You've never Wait. seen time-wasting before? I mean, come on now. Calm down. Bro, w-
2: can we get another night for podcasting and we'll just have a whole Atlanta United <laughs> hater podcast? You
1: know, I think uh I think we could start a whole new podcast together. Um and not just for Kansas City fans, every fan of an MLS team who just uh hates Atlanta and wants to jump in and
2: listen on this. I think this is a good idea. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Do you know how many people would listen to that? An Atlanta hate podcast? It sounds amazing. Yeah. I think it's a
1: great idea. Maybe we'll uh maybe we'll look into it. I don't Dude, know. I, I'm not I'm not against it. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta fans throwing beer. Come on now. Um, you know, I promise we will get back to your questions last tangent, but did you see that after the uh, Seattle, Minnesota game, there was a Minnesota fan who threw a beer at Ladero. Um, and I guess the fan came out on Twitter and said, you know, Hey, I was the one who threw the beer. I feel really terrible about it. And because I feel so bad about it, I'm going to self impose a season long ban and not come back to, uh, any other Minnesota United games for the rest of the season. Um, Yeah, I've never really heard anything like this before.
2: What? Um,
1: So, yeah, I don't know. Kind of weird. I was like, you know, that seems a little extreme. No, why why are you doing Um, that? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure what they're doing that. But anyway, yeah. Sounds Uh, sad. Yeah. You know, his picture did look really sad. He had kind of like a a sad-looking picture on his Twitter. Um, You know, it seems like he might just be a a little bit of a depressed Loons fan. So, I don't know. Um, Okay. Kind of strange, but... Anyway, Atlanta fans throwing beer. Yeah, Atlanta fans throwing beer and Minnesota fans throwing beer and apologizing. So, I don't know. Just a little difference. Oh, man. Too funny. (laughs) But uh, anyway, speaking of salty, we got another, you know, not a question, but David O'Neill said you should have a saltiest fan base of the week segment on the pod. And, you know, you could award the fan base at the end of the season with the most votes. And that way Atlanta might actually win something. Um <laughs> well, you know, Atlanta might get a whole new podcast after the eighty seven thousand other podcasts
2: they have, so we'll see. Oh god dude. Um, dude, that's so I'm like I'm so jazzed about it right now. I know they would come after us. They would hate on us so hard. Oh yeah.
1: It's almost worth it just to troll them. And that's um it's almost worth it. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, um Shallowy season says how long until Buzio is in Europe? What about Jalen Shallowy? Um I don't know. You know, at some point they'll want to test the waters elsewhere, probably, right? But I don't know if that's anytime soon.
2: Yeah, you would think so. Um I I, I I mean what do you mean when you when you say how long? I mean you gotta think if bucio played one game all right we we really got to calm down on bucio i know it's <laughs> hype right now it's, pump the brakes it's now. our knee-jerk reaction yeah but i mean and Shallowey was rocking for a while and he's kind of died down everybody he's not he's not you know stopping the presses or anything so who really knows right now we really don't have a joseph martinez that's clearly gonna be out of mls next year you know no
1: not yet i mean buzio and jalen both have a long ways to go um a lot of developing to do um and you know they're both homegrown so it's not like is gonna want to get rid of them anytime soon but you know Shalloway Granton is also yeah. homegrown but he's 22 so he would be the one if if anywhere you know if he continues on this trajectory he would be the most likely to head over to europe and draw interest um but I think he probably still has a year or so before he draws interest. Yeah, maybe
2: so. And he would need some national team uh, call-ups too.
1: Yeah. He's had a couple with the the U23s, I think, but no right. uh, senior team appearances that I'm aware of so far. So he'd need that.
2: Well, I think he'd love to help him qualify for a World Cup, you know?
1: Yeah. He probably would. And, you know, he's got um, fellow Hungarian Christian Namath coming back here. So, uh It'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, partnership or anything they have there between uh, the two Hungarian forwards.
2: That is going to be interesting. What, what Daniel wasn't on the squad when Namath was here. No, he wasn't. He was just on the on the youth squad the academy. This is this is exciting, guys. I mean, two Hungarians uh, up, you know, playing forwards. Like, I like that.
1: Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. Um, kind of looking forward to seeing what their partnership might be like. So. Anyway, last question. We got a few others, but they're all kind of along the same lines. Um, Thanks, David O'Neill, for asking about Johan up top, but we kind of covered that already. Um, Sporting Timio says, um, do you have any comment on the familiar back four of Sinovic, Opara, Beesler, and Zussi? Did that make a difference in the clean sheet? Um, I don't know. Do you think that was sort of the reason, or do you think it was just an off night for Albert Elise, or do you think Sporting KC's figured out something defensively?
2: uh bro i thought I thought it was just at least having an off night i I really don't know if we i mean our defense was pretty solid, but everything else it wasn't wonderful, man it wasn't a solid game from us it was a, it was kind of a sloppy win despite the circumstances, yeah,
1: but hey, I'll take any points I can get, you know three points on the road, not bad oh absolutely um so yeah obviously we still have uh, other MLS games to talk about, and we'll touch on the All Star Game in a little bit here and there. But obviously, the big news that came out just before we started recording this podcast, because we're recording on Monday, is that Sporting KC has reacquired forward Christian Namath from the New England Revolution for a total of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in allocation funds. Um, I think a hundred thousand of that is supposed to be general allocation money, and two hundred and fifty thousand of which is targeted allocation money which is good because general allocation money is usually considered a bit more valuable because it's a little bit more flexible. Also, they gave up a 2020 first round draft pick for Namath. Um, You know, Sam McDowell said in his story for the Star that SKC has been trying to go after the high dollar forward from Europe, but it just wasn't working out for one reason or another. Either the team not being willing to let the player go, or they were asking far more than the player was worth. So I don't know, this feels like it's kind of a plan I don't even know if this was a plan B, but kind of a plan C or D maybe. But for that low of a price and for the pieces that are around Namath here that weren't around him on the 2015 team, on top of the familiar faces that are still here, I'm kind of digging this move. What do you think?
2: kind of digging it too, man. I really don't, uh, it was kind of unexpected, don't you think? Oh yeah. I had no idea this was happening.
1: Um, You know, I had, actually had just sat down at a dinner with my dad who was in town visiting. And I took a look at my phone um, right as we were sitting down at the table and I see your text and I open it and it, all it says is Mammoth. And I'm like, oh my God, what the hell happened? <laughs> oh, you hadn't um, seen it yet? No, I hadn't seen it yet. So I started looking around and I was like, oh my gosh, um, we got Mammoth back. And, you know, I'm kind of excited because he played here before, but... He played left wing. He's going to play striker now. Um,
2: But that's where he wants to play. He wants to play striker.
1: Right. That's where he wants to play. And that's where he's played for most of his career. The only reason he didn't play here at striker before is because we had Dom here. True. Um, But now instead of Dom in the middle with Namath on the left and Zusi on the right, we're going to have Namath in the middle with Shallowy on the left. Um, we're going to have Johnny Russell on the right, uh, Gerso as a super sub, Diego as a super sub, Felipe behind him, Roger in the midfield, um, even Johan being able to come in a much deeper midfield behind him. I'm excited to see what he can do as a striker.
2: It's exciting. But like, I worry about when he left at the end of 2015, which by the way, everybody, he won MLS goal of the year, which was awesome. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. I still remember where I was when it happened. Makes it all that much uh, <laughs> better
1: that it was against Portland. Um,
2: yeah, it was so cool. Uh, who would ever be a Portland fan? I think that. Uh, <laughs> I think there was like a conflict of interest when he left. Like he he uh, not conflict of interest. It was kind of bad blood, dude. Yeah. Like he he wanted more money, and there was like a thing between the club and his management team, and. You know we never really heard much about it but it almost felt like we cut ties and we would never want him back again so this is interesting i mean two and a half years later here we are yeah i mean
1: he wanted a lot of money after what was definitely a breakout year for him but you know we didn't want to use a dp slot on him and give him as much as he was asking for which at the time he was asking for about one million dollars right um which ironically is what he makes now um but you know so we sold him for a couple million dollars and fast forward a couple years and he's talking about returning to mls and we actually tried to bring him back last year but we would have had to acquire the top allocation spot from columbus which was too expensive so fast forward another year and here we are again and we sold namath for like a couple million dollars and then now we just brought him back for about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars of what really is fake mls money (laughs) <laughs> um so that's not a bad bit of business, I would say no, um, not at all, and I think it's a pretty good deal, considering what Dom went for um what fernando i d went for what thirty one year old justin Merram went for those are all million dollar deals almost and you know three hundred and fifty thousand dollars is not that much, especially in allocation money, so I think it's a relatively low risk high ceiling move um so yeah, here's just yeah, a I think you're uh, right. yeah. Here's just a couple quotes from Peter Vermees. He says, "I feel really good about him. I really do. I've always thought his best position was at the number nine up the middle. What? Um, and that's what he says. I mean, look, okay, take it how you will. But he wasn't going to play up the middle when Dom was here, and you know we didn't have Shallowy at the time, so left wing was really the only option. Uh, but so I don't know." I choose to believe Peter. (laughs) You do what you will. Um, But he also says that, you know, we play a certain way. And he's already been a part of that. Uh, He doesn't need to get acclimated to what we do because he knows the style already. I think he'll be ready right away. I think he's pretty fit. And like I said, he's already on our league schedule. So that will help. Um, So I don't know. So does he play this Saturday? You know... It sounds to me like he might. I don't know if he starts, no. um, but we might see a little bit of a Christian Namath cameo against LAFC. Why so. I mean,
2: Why the hell not? If he's ready to go, he hasn't necessarily been playing in New England, right? No, not very much at all. He has like 400 minutes so, because
1: Teal Bunbury's been playing so well. Namath just really hasn't had much time at all to play.
2: Um, yeah, Bunbury had a hell of a goal the other day. Uh, I think I think this is the time. I think this is the time you you put him out there. Why the, Why the hell not? Uh, they might hell they they're acquiring Christian Ramirez, so they might even put him out there. Yeah,
1: that's true. That was breaking right before we went on to record the pod tonight. Um, Paul Tenorio reporting that LAFC is acquiring uh, Superman Christian Ramirez from Minnesota United from about a million dollars. So I would like to see him in an SKC jersey, but I'm excited for Namath. And Superman's free, so right.
2: well now they have uh, twenty strikers on their team, <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> and no defensive midfield yep. because Mark Anthony Kaye is
2: hurt. So I don't know. I mean, let's freaking go, dude. Let's get him. I, I mean, it's if I'm not asleep by the time this game starts, that West Coast madness. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, for real. But you know,
2: LAFC, we're tied with points
1: on them. We're we're technically above them because of goal differential. But they lost to the Red Bulls on Sunday. Tonight, they have to play Houston in Houston in the U.S. Open Cup. That's right. Um, and Houston will be full strength because their suspensions won't count for the U.S. Open Cup. Right. Um, so they'll have to deal with Albert Elise Tomas Martinez, Darwin Sarin. Um, and then LAFC has SKC coming into town on Saturday night. So they're going to be tired. And they have no defensive so. midfield. And... Uh, I think, you know what? I think this is a real opportunity
2: for Sporting KC to steal three points on the road. Great opportunity. Yeah. But do you think we can go and actually do it? Dude, it's nerve wracking because like you've never played this team. Yes, there's video and everything, but there's a certain, you know, certain feel you get when you actually play a team. You know how they move, you know how they they, they function. So it'll be exciting. And that, that stadium's awesome, dude. It's not like it's not overwhelming like Atlanta. It is a soccer stadium, very comparable to Children's Mercy Park. So I think uh, I think SKC will feel at home. I think there'll be some good supporters out there. A lot of people like to make the trip to LA, and Benny and Latif get to play against their old team. So it should be fun.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the most interesting storyline for me going in because you know, like you said, we've never played LAFC, so we don't know quite exactly how Bob Bradley will line them up. Um, they have some great forwards, obviously, uh, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, uh, Adama Diamande, and then now obviously Christian Ramirez. Um, and of course we're very familiar with Benny Failhaber. We're very familiar with Latif Blessing. So it'll be interesting to see how this works. Um. But how crazy will you go if let's say Namath comes in as a sub and goes out and like scores the game winning
2: goal? Um, I think sporting fans will go crazy if that happens. Yeah. I mean it's uh I uh it's gonna be exciting, dude. If Namath gets something going on, it's gonna be good. Yeah, it should be a fun time. You know, I I
1: think we get a result. I don't know if we get a full three points or not. I hope so. But I think we get at least a point. And that'll be huge because you know, then we got to host Portland coming up the week after at Children's Mercy Park. And uh, that's another big Western Conference game. So it'll be good. Yeah,
2: and uh, and your boy's coming home, man. I'm, uh, I'm returning for that game.
1: That's right. Kustian uh, Namath, I think, is uh, the name you called yourself K- as we were uh, recording.
2: Kustian um, Namath, yep.
1: Yeah, the the coos will be back in Kansas City. So, uh, you know, some of the people were asking we will have a no other pod tailgate party ahead of the game. So, uh, you know, we're uh That's right. we're uh, still working on those details. Um going to
2: iron those out a bit. Um, so, you know, get your uh get your grills out, get your beers, let's get uh get some beanbag throwing or something. Let's get out there for a couple hours, have some fun, meet some people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll we'll tweet out some information as we get a little closer to the time. Um We probably won't know the exact location until the day of the game. Um, We'll tweet that out that day, but, you know, it'll be kind of a a bring-your-own-drink situation, Um, but, you know, we'll see if we can, you know, bring some snacks, uh, get some snacks ready, but obviously bring your grills. Um, Oh, hell yeah. You know, we have a lot of listeners, and we've been fortunate enough to meet uh, a couple of you, at least, in in real life, Um, but... You know it'll be a great opportunity to come out. You know we'd love to meet you guys. You can meet each other. It'll be awesome, other sporting fans. Hopefully none of the strangers from the internet kill us. Um, ah. You know that would uh, <laughs> that would be ideal. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good time. So you know
2: that's just a little uh, a little no other pod tailgate tease. That'd be fun, man. We're excited. I we're we're in dire need of a vacation, so we're excited to come home for a bit.
1: Yeah, man, and you'll be in the cauldron. So.
2: uh Maybe there'll That's be some. Right. People I'll be up down there. there getting rowdy people.
1: Yep. They'll uh you'll all be able to see Vintage Dan down there. Yelling, jumping around, getting crazy, getting all fired up. Oh damn. Um,
2: so much yelling.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um anyway, you know, before we uh we touch on the All Star game real quick, was there any other MLS action that happened this week that uh maybe caught your eye or, or stuck out to you that you wanna talk about real
2: quick? Noteworthy. Um Colorado beating L.A. was big time for them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of last-minute stuff and last-minute theatrics with Seattle and Minnesota, too. So, And then, yep. of course, Dallas dropping points at home against San Jose was pretty huge. Yeah, not sure what uh, was going on
1: there. Um, that was San Jose's first win of the season, not against someone yeah. named Minnesota.
2: Oh, and Orlando and New England decided to just score goals for 90 minutes. Yeah, that was a fun uh, 3-3 draw. Lots of goals (sighs) there. Um, That was nuts. Bunbury, dude, he just split the defense on one and just slotted it home. I was like, he could have done that blindfolded. Like, he looked amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the dude is legit. So, um, you know, like we said, a couple of uh, U.S. Open Cup games, Philadelphia against Chicago, and Houston hosts LAFC. Whoever wins those games will go on to the final um chicago i believe has priority to host the final so if they win the final will be in chicago no matter what happens in houston lafc if they don't and houston wins the final will be in houston um so either way uh no matter who wins that game that's right um either games that it will probably be about 17 fans in attendance and that is true um but yeah uh other than that you know sporting kc um LAFC is definitely the best game of of the weekend I think um but you know Seattle against FC Dallas seems pretty interesting Seattle's surging and FC Dallas obviously just lost so I don't know are there uh, are there any other games that are you're going to make sure you watch this weekend any interest there
2: Oh you know I try to always catch them all like uh like a bunch of pokemon but uh <laughs> I think I think that uh I don't know man that's you know seattle and dallas is cool i suppose but no real matchup really stands out to me like not at all i mean toronto came off a big tie so it'll be interesting to see how they they bounce back against nyc but that's about it yeah man um i think you're Atlanta right doesn't I... play this week
1: um you know i'm looking and looks like they're off yeah yeah uh, i think you're right looks like they're off so um, screw you, Atlanta. Yep. Um, you got, uh, that much longer to sort of think about your home draw to Toronto. There um, you go. Yeah. So, uh, on to, uh, the MLS All-Star game, I guess. You know, um, not a whole lot to talk about here. The All-Stars lost on penalties to Juventus. Atlanta fans threw their beers. Um, no Ronaldo, no Matuidi. Juventus didn't have a lot of their big name attackers. Um, but... I don't know. Right. Um, what did you think? That's was fine.
2: It, was it entertaining at all for you still? Yeah, it was cool. I, You know, we were watching TV, so I kind of had it on the iPad. wasn't really paying all that much attention to it. But it's an exhibition game. They tried new things. They they interviewed Brad Guzan while he was playing the game. Yeah, that uh, was weird. Referees had microphones, which I didn't hate. <laughs> um, yeah, not bad. I don't know, man. It, it was It was fun. It's a spectacle. But let's be honest, that whole week... It's not about the game, dude. It's about everything leading up to the game, all the different events. I know that firsthand when it was here in Chicago last year. The game was fine, but it was all about the stuff leading up to it. It was really, really cool.
1: Yeah. All the events uh, that MLS puts on around the week are really cool. Um, I kind of wish, you know, that, you know, they just got rid of the exhibition game and just had the skills challenge again. Yeah. Um, You know, just let the players have fun. And I think, you know, they might participate more. Well,
2: they do have that skill challenge a little bit, uh, the EA Sports FIFA Challenge. That's true,
1: but I want, like,
2: goalie wars. You know what? You know, I want them to bring that back. Yeah, that looked pretty insane.
1: Um, Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. It was a mildly entertaining match to watch. You know, I'm not surprised that the results um, expected Juventus to win, even though it was on penalties. Not much you can take from Dude, the game. their
2: but... penalties were sick yeah they were like they, they were theirs were amazing they just they, they knew exactly where to hit him. i was like no one's stopping that unless you're tim milia <laughs> yeah um you know zach stefan was in goal for
1: the all-stars and he's pretty good at stopping penalties um he did it in atlanta last year in the playoffs but he's no um, tim milia no he's no tim milia and you know what if tim was in goal i think he would have stopped a couple penalties just saying just throwing it out there <laughs> Um, probably
2: not but we're gonna say that yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah maybe not but um you know whatever i'm gonna say they were it, pretty so. good
1: yeah they were pretty good um so you know we're just about out of time now but the other thing i did want to mention that i forgot to mention earlier is that sporting kc are still going after center back andrew fontas from Celta vita yeah um He's a Spanish center back, you know, and it looks like the deal's close at this point, at least as of this recording. It's just paperwork holding up the deal, but hopefully he'll be an official Sporting KC player when you're listening to this Wednesday. Well, Uh, yeah,
2: he'd have to be because this this window closes tonight, people, if you're listening to this on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, you're right. So they'll probably announce him Tuesday morning, right after we record this podcast, because, you know, that's usually what happens when we do this. Um, Yeah, it makes sense. So... But, you know, as of right now, it's close to being done, but it's not official. Um, we'll see. I don't expect any other transfers this window, though, do you? Probably not. Probably not. No. Yeah, the uh, the only other thing that they were kind of looking at was maybe a midfielder or a left back. But, I don't know, it seems like Sporting KC isn't having the greatest luck this transfer window. So, if it happens, great. Icing on the cake, but... I'm not expecting it at this point.
2: Yeah, that's what this Nameth deal was. I mean, that's that's so everyone will shut the hell up about a number nine already. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll see. People seem to either love it or hate it. So uh, hopefully it works out. I'm a little bit of both. You know, it's a, it's a confusing deal because I was one who always talked about why it was a good thing that Sporting KC sold him when we did and that we didn't pay a lot of allocation money last year to to try to reacquire him um, and, and get that top allocation spot from the crew. Um, this is good business here guys this is great business yeah uh given the cost um paid in allocation money given how much allocation money we have saved up um given that there's no transfer fee for him um i think it puts sporting kc in a really good spot and you know peter Vermee said it gives uh skc a lot of flexibility in the upcoming uh winter window so i don't know uh you know we'll see take that for what you will um there we go. Yeah, but I don't know. Do you have anything else for our uh, good listeners
2: before we uh, sign off for the week? I got nothing, people. Thanks for hanging in there. This is fun. We are we're on a we're on a winning streak now, bro. One game winning streak. It feels good to be back. It does.
1: Awesome, man. Let's hope it continues. More wins, more clean yeah. sheets. Um, Hit
2: us up with those reviews, cause that's why that's how we get wins. That's how we get wins, people.
1: Absolutely. More reviews equals more wins. It's science. It's how it works. Science. Um, so yeah, follow us on Twitter at no other pod at JCMAX03 at Dan Kuzer. Like us on Facebook, Facebook dot com slash no other pod. Send us an email, no other pod at gmail dot com. Um, shout out to uh Joshua Zars. He sent us a very nice email this week and it was uh great to hear from him. Yeah, um, you know, he uh, he loves the Salty Atlanta fans segment. So uh, glad that we could uh, do a little bit more Salty Atlanta fans for you this week, Josh, and Salty Houston fans. Um,
2: Absolutely.
1: But yeah, like we said, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, here's hoping for another uh, Sporting KC victory on Saturday on the road in uh, LAFC. But until then, I'm Jimmy. He's Dan. We'll uh, talk to you guys next week. See ya.
2: Bam, bam, you yeah.